0: Recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, Martial Culture Podcast, your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with Coach Renee Dreyfus and Matt Peters. Ring the bell and let's get it on. So we got some questions, yeah. Um, yeah. And
1: where are these questions from? Just people who wrote in, and also uh, just people that things people ask me at the academy. So, uh, oh, I like this one, yeah. One one of them was you know the size really matter in jiu-jitsu or in MMA. Don't give it away. Oh, okay, well, so go ahead. It's yes. a secret. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry. Yeah. You do got... I get to pick my favorite? You or get to pick. Yes, pick you get a... to, to absolutely pick. You to pick.
0: We'll we'll have two, and yeah, we'll so... do that that one you mentioned. But we're gonna do this one. I like no
1: because actually question time the last the podcast where we had the question and answer like all my a lot of my students came up to me and said hey I have this question this question I'm like yeah. you got to ask it on the podcast I'll answer on the podcast so for it's sure. like a way for me to force them to listen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, is Jackie Chan actually a good martial artist or is his move just flashy for movies?
1: Okay, yeah. And remember we talked about this in, in a podcast a long time ago where it talked about like cinema fighting versus real fighting. Yeah. And I really respect Jackie Chan as a performer. So, for example, I respect... Um, who else is a performer? can um, Knievel, I don't know. Some stunt person. You know, a stunt person does stuff. And, and Jackie Chan is trained in Beijing opera... Which is, you know, the the origin of Beijing opera is, is martial art inspired entertainment. So it's kind of like the Chinese version of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. So it's completely choreographed. There's a winner in this and it tells a story through this. But it's completely choreographed using inspiration of fighting moves as a way to form entertainment. Exactly like our Western pro wrestling, which uses wrestling techniques as a, as a means of telling a story and being entertaining. I don't find wrestling entertaining, but that's, in here, that's neither here nor there. But Beijing Opera is, 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 does that, and they, they tell these you know stories of ancient heroes of martial arts, and that's his training. And Jackie Chan is a wonderful, wonderful person. Obviously, he's done some good things in the world for Chattery, as I've heard, and all that. He is not a fighter. And he never claims to be. He does not claim to be a fighter. He is a martial artist in the sense of martial art being larger than just fighting because there's a lot of people out there who do martial arts that are not fighters. They're performers or they're using martial arts as a spiritual vehicle or an or a fitness vehicle and there's nothing wrong with that. But it is not martial arts in the capital martial.
0: Mm. It is
1: martial arts in the capital art. So he is a martial artist. Is he a legitimately skilled fighter? No. He's not, and nor does he claim to be. Does not he's never ever claimed to be a fighter. He never does, and um, and he's just an entertainer, and that's what he likes to do. So you know, more power to him, and I'm a big fan. You know, I don't. I don't watch his movies too much, but you know, when I do, I find them pretty entertaining. Yeah, it you know, was like, kind
0: of like my gateway drug to martial arts.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, I saw. I saw Rush Hour was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, and um, Legend of the Drunken Master is like one of Legend of the, the Drunken. Dr- I
1: remember that one. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was funny. That was a
0: funny movie. Yeah. yeah, it was hilarious.
1: You know, and it's a great, entertaining. Super cop. I've never seen that. Everybody tells me to see that, but that's so old. That's one. like but one I've of his 90s, first. Right? Ones. Yeah, 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 early in the nineties. Right. That,
0: yeah. It was uh, done in China, and then they brought it over to the United States and redubbed it. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. Oh, I I sense.
1: remember somebody telling me to see Super Cop, and it must have been like ninety one oh, yeah, or ninety. Amazing.
0: Yeah, so much action! I think that somebody even actually, when they originally brought it over, they redubbed his lines. So they didn't have him do the English version, oh. and then they fixed it later when he became actually a popular, oh, yeah, yeah, in the United States. He
1: he did a movie recently where he it was more serious, and um, because you know usually he's very very. Yeah. In, I didn't see it, but it was like his daughter gets kidnapped or something like that. It's like a taken, like a, yeah, like taken, like a like a kung fu inspired taken or something.
0: Did you see the one where he like the the legend of the monkey king or something like that? He I played like not. a monkey king from some legend and in...
1: Yeah, which uh, the Monkey King legend is a very famous Chinese legend. Yeah,
0: um uh and he
1: comes down from heaven and, and has this these these um Pals, and they go around, and they they it's yeah. called Journey to the West, and they go and try to get the Buddhist scrolls and bring them over to China. It's an ancient Chinese story that is like um,
0: Jet Li was in it too, I think.
1: Oh, really? Right. It's a it's a, this has many 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 iterations. This story is told over and over. There's yeah. a, there's a cartoon. There's a, uh, a TV show from Taiwan, I think. I think and Dragon Ball has some. T- yeah, t- t- yeah, t- some yeah it's inspired by yeah, exactly yeah. right. So I, I've never seen it, but uh, you know, it's it's yeah, I'm sure he'd make a great monkey.
0: I think that they, they, I think they screwed up because they made the main character like a teenager, and that he, the monkey king and all that side was this, like a side story. Oh. So it was, like they're trying to like twilight it up and make it tweeny. Oh, I don't oh. think it did very well in the box. No, novels. it doesn't sound like
1: they try to like. I think a lot of movies right now, it's sort of like. Um, they're trying to hit both markets, the mm-hmm. Western market and the Asian oh, market. So they, China's market is huge. Yeah, right. So they they like, um, and the Avengers did this too. They're like, oh, we have to have a scene in Asia. Was <laughs> the Avengers I forget which one? No, no, it was, it was Black Panther. Was, they had to have a scene in Korea because, like, you know, they want to get the Asian market. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, but sometimes, you know, it leads to taking weird plot.
0: There's licenses. so many rules too with censorship over there too. So they yeah. will sometimes edit the movie for differently. Oh, really? different audiences because oh. there's certain things that you can Right, like show Tibet it. or something like that. And yeah, no, Certain audiences. Well, that's, that's yeah. That is a another totally different subject, right? But before we yeah, get but down that anyway, rabbit hole.
1: Yeah, so, so entertainment martial artists and real martial artists are generally, you know, Different, but Sorry. there are some people who legitimately-
0: Like Steven fought. Seagal? And <laughs> he's, uh, he's, uh, no, like, legitimately actually,
1: you know, Dolph Lundgren. Most people don't realize, Dolph really? Lundgren is a karate champion. Now, I mean, I'm saying he's like the toughest guy in the world or anything like that, but the guy legitimately is a Kyokushin karate champion, you know? So um there you go. And Randy Couture now is a big um, star in The Expendables and stuff like that. So he's a, he's a fighter and actor. So mm-hmm. every now and again, there's a
0: crossover. Yeah. How does factor, how does size factor into BJJ, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu?
1: Yeah. Okay. So this is this, this goes into what we're saying in in fighting. I, I want to, I don't want to just talk about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but I don't talk about uh, all martial arts. But the one thing about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is I think it is one of the arts that is best at dealing, particularly in a self defense context, but the best at dealing with someone who is much, much, much heavier. It is kind of designed for that because when Elio Gracie was fighting, in, in Valley Tudo or, you know, submission only matches because not all his fights were Valley Tudo. They were like, you know, uh, no time limit submission. Sometimes we're Valley Tudo. Valley Tudo meaning MMA with headbutts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then submission only meaning there's no punches. Just you try to tap me out. I try to tap you out, right? And, um, but he had opponents who massively outweighed him sometimes sometimes not but um, so they they had to have an idea of, of the, the whole idea was to chase efficiency and to find strategies to deal with a larger stronger person if anybody says size doesn't matter though that is bullshit mm-hmm. <laughs> size matters but it doesn't matter meaning oh because you're bigger stronger you automatically win that's not how it works particularly in jiu-jitsu but in all martial arts right what size matters is is particularly let's start, start with brazilian jiu-jitsu it matters in if you mess up your technique, the consequences of that mess up are much worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I, if I do something wrong, I'm going to pay for that mistake 10 times more than if the person was lighter. So if I do everything right, generally speaking, I can make things happen if things go right. But if I, the consequence of my error is tremendous. So for example, if I allow a really, really, really big guy to completely set his weight on me, that's going to be bad because now I'm gravity weight of course that's going to be bad now what i need to do is not and it doesn't matter what weight i don't want anybody to set their weight I mean, and you know g he just wants to fight but i haven't sparred him recently because i'm i'm injured but there was one time where i was sparring him this is about a couple of years ago right and g is much bigger than me right so uh you know and he sparred me and i was kind of like sparring him the way i usually did when i kind of kind of let him do stuff because he wasn't as technically as as good as I was for a certain amount of time, where I could kind of like do much better, so I just let him set. I let him set, and then I would fight back and let him set. But I, I had a technical advantage, so I would fight out of these bad positions. I had such much more knowledge that I could I could get out of these positions. But he got better, a lot better. And, but I'm still fighting the same way, where I let him set a little bit, even a little, and I get I get beaten mm-hmm. because he's so much bigger. And 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 now he's good, so I couldn't make a mistake. And then I fought him one night and I really did not do well. The next day I fought him again and I said, okay, this is, this is not good. And literally the night before he probably, you know, you know, out of an hour roll, 85 minutes were, was him doing much better than me, like really, really crushing me. And the next day, the very next day, I'm like, I, I, okay, I can't fight like that. I have to fight like I'm really going to fight. And I did not let him set and I did much better. You know, I did much better by, by never letting him set, never letting him get to a position where he felt comfortable. And I really made sure I didn't make any mistakes and I was much more successful. I mean, it was still a great role and he did really well, but I was much more successful when I was very, very proactive and very, very detailed and technique oriented. So, obviously, all things being equal, you know, size can give you an advantage. But it doesn't, like we said, all things are never equal. Mm-hmm. What we have to do is is the consequence of making a mistake in grappling is huge. So we can't make a mistake. If you're, if you, you, you demand a much higher level of technical skill. That being said, you know, I always think like this how would I fight if a guy stabbed me and I was bleeding out? Well, I better be perfect. So that's kind of always how I think. I need to be perfect. I can't coast people. And so that's a really good. Time to, to to train with people who are much bigger and much larger. You cannot let them set. You cannot let them put their use gravity against you because let me tell you, gravity is efficient. <laughs> I know he doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just the force that comes yeah. down on us. So so size can matter a lot if you if you're not on point with your technique and um and your grips. And let me tell you, there's also there's you know gi jujitsu and no gi jitsu. and no gi jitsu, There's so many more grips. To to dominate the guy, unfortunately, a lot of those are not translatable to MMA either gi or nogi because they leave you open to punches. So what I do see is a lot of jiu jitsu guys making mistakes when they transition to nogi because they don't understand how to offset the other person's weight. You know, and the key the the key is making specific leg frames where the weight is not on you, but it's on a, on a, in a structure that allows the weight to go in, in into into the floor. You know, getting yeah. on your side, using the structure of your skeleton to offset the person's weight and not let it set on you, and, and keeping frame. So that's, that's it. but now
0: is there any uh, problem? If there any, any reason you wouldn't want to train with somebody that's larger than you? If you're like you're fighting at one twenty five, yeah, yeah. Would you? Would... That is
1: a great question. That is a really great question,
0: and um,
1: I would say yes. There's number one, um, a one twenty five er. Genuinely moves very different from a 185. That being said, if you're not training for a specific fight, there's always something you can you can do with the larger opponent. You should do it as long as they're responsible, because obviously, you know if something bad happens, because they can can happen. If the guy's 200, like I had one student, and he's 127 pounds, and he was fighting a person who was about 260, and he was beating him like all over the place. But then the 260 guy pound was not irresponsible. He was a really nice guy, really great person, but he was 265 pounds actually. And he slipped and my student who's the smaller student, who's more experienced, but he moved his arm in a place where he was vulnerable as the larger person slipped, his elbow fell and he elbowed my student's student in the eye and actually cracked his orbital bone. So yes, the smaller guy should have should have been protecting himself. But accidents can happen and the consequence of an accident is very high. So when I'm getting a fighter ready for it to fight, I generally like to stay in their weight class if we are free sparring or if we're doing situational training, I'll make it so that you'll get the best work from that person without having to worry about the danger of the situation. So I'm like, okay, let's not do this, not do this. We're just going to work this move right here. Okay, uh, and I'll usually have the bottom person – be the, the heavier person you know um but but lighter weight class people move differently they move differently generally speaking they're not quite as tall yeah. and of course they're not as heavy and they tend to be faster and they tend to be more technical yeah. so it depends you yeah. know uh speak you you the basic rule of thumb for anyone is train if you're competing simulate the environment of your competition as closely as possible. If you're getting ready for some kind of competition, simulate mm-hmm. your environment as closely, but prepare yourself for that environment as much as you can. The same for the street too, which is why in self-defense training, I always mix it up. I'm always having big and small, you know, uh, people fighting way outside of their weight class because there's no like there's no weight classes in real mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have that understanding of how to fight someone much bigger mm-hmm. and fighting someone your size and fighting someone bigger the 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 way, taller especially, you have to adjust your leverages, and it, it, it takes experience. So it's very important to fight people of very different sizes than you, much smaller, same size, much bigger, maybe stocky, maybe skinny, and it, it just becomes a great experience. It makes you understand how to adjust each leverage appropriately for each individual opponent. That being said, like I said, the consequence of making a mistake against a bigger opponent is going to be bigger, and if the opponent is is slips or has an accident the chance you could get hurt is is there because of the weight so when I do put massive weight class differences I always make sure that it's two really skilled guys or two really careful guys you know just to to be cautious now when it comes to striking it's not the same as jiu-jitsu and one question down there is, is is there physics to back this up absolutely force equals mass times acceleration force the force of a punch has to do with the mass of your body there's no way DJ can punch as hard as Daniel Cormier. This is not possible. This is not possible. They are Demetrius Johnson is too small. It's like t- twice this guy's size almost. You know, you're talking about a 125er. Maybe he walks around at 140, and then you're talking Daniel Cormier is fighting at two. what is he fight 235? Something like that? 225? Yeah, yeah. you're t- 100 pounds. Like you just punch more powerfully when you are bigger. Period. Mm-hmm. And so, again, the consequences are really serious if you mess up. So how do you fight a guy who's bigger? How If I were Holloway, and this is what I was thinking, if I were Holloway, what would I do to Poirier? Well, you got to move. You got to not be there. You cannot let him touch you. You got to be a ghost. And my personal philosophy, not always, is but, but it's very important, is, is to get into tight clinch range like Khabib does. And this is why Khabib never really had to worry about Conor McGregor once he clinched. Because he's so tight. Conor McGregor can't General get problem. acceleration. Mm-hmm. So it's not just mass. Mass is important. But it's mass times force equals mass times acceleration. When you take the acceleration out, then the force is 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 less. Mm-hmm. And that's why the ground is so, so good for jujitsu because there's you can't accelerate off the ground in a lot of places the way you normally could when you accelerate punching off the floor. People don't know how to do that. So if I'm lying on my back and you're sitting on top of my chest, I cannot accelerate my punch. So if you try to punch me when I'm sitting on your belly and your back is on the floor, I'm mounting you, you will not get much power mm-hmm. because there's no acceleration. You have the same mass, but there's absolutely no acceleration. The same thing in standing, when you push someone tight up against the wall and you gut wrench them tight and they can't move, they can't generate acceleration, well, of course they're not going to hurt you as much. And that's, you know, Khabib all day when, when he's not playing around and want to outstrike people, which, you know, he did a little bit too, mm-hmm. you know, he was like, oh, I'll see what you got, Connor, and oh, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's trade some bombs here. Um, but um, interesting. The, the key to dealing with people who are bigger is take away their acceleration and and that's the whole concept of of jujitsu jiu-jitsu there but it's not just jiu-jitsu put them in corners where they can't move put them in clinch positions where they can't turn their hips they can't accelerate that's that's how you're going to deal with someone much bigger so if i were Huawei, i would have really tried to make sure i wasn't on the end of that whip of the punch you know mm-hmm. the, the 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 acceleration the end of that acceleration is where you're eating the most power so um that's 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 how you deal with size in in martial arts, you know. If yeah. you're uh, if you're allowing acceleration of a larger fighter, you're 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 gonna you're gonna you gonna
0: get hurt. It's gonna be a bad time. It's gonna be a bad time. Move out of the way. Yeah, move out. Of the Don't way. get hit. <laughs> Don't get hit. Yeah, great moral, coaching. Moral Don't get hit. Don't yeah. lose. <laughs> You only lose when you lose. You only lose when you lose. Thanks, Conor okay. McGregor, for leaving us with that <laughs> That note. Uh, we have a whole bunch more questions, but we are running out of time, so we'll have to get to them later. Um, yeah, but it was fun. It was, I think
1: it was some good questions.
0: Yeah, great questions. Keep them coming. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Marshall underscore Culture and on Instagram at Marshall Culture Cast. Please leave a review on iTunes, and we'll see you next time on the Marshall Culture Podcast.